You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. This is Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. The Buffalo Bills began padded practices this week at One Bills Drive. They're back on the field. We have highlights. We have clips. All of that great stuff that we're used to seeing. The Bills also have made some changes as to what the media can report, so we're not seeing a whole lot from training camp, um, or at least we're only seeing what the Bills want us to see, which is much, much different than when there's fans in the stands and can give us up-to-date information on who's running with the first team, second team, and third team. That's something that the media is not allowed to do anymore. As well as uh, just tweet during the 11-on-11 portions of practice. Uh, They put the kibosh on that during this particular training camp. So as always, you can leave your questions for us at 716-508-0405. There is a way to text that number as well. So you can send in your questions that way. Email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Send us Facebook messages, Instagram messages. You can leave questions in the show notes articles over at buffalorumblings.com every week, every week when they post on Tuesday. There are just so many ways to get in touch with the show, and the show is so boring without your questions. This week we're going to tackle some training camp position battles, but also uh, got some questions in about Sean McDermott's contract extension, Brandon Bean, and a whole lot more, so don't go anywhere. Uh, Before we get into the questions this week, I wanted to announce we're going to do one more of our off-season live Q&As next week. Um, I'm going to go live on Twitter to take your questions that way. uh, We'll do the video feed on Twitter and take questions over there. Uh, So we'll do that on Monday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. That is Monday, August 24th at 9 o'clock Eastern. If you want to uh, tune into our Twitter feed, uh, we'll do that over on the Buffalo Rumblings Twitter feed, not the Rumblings Q&A Twitter feed, uh, just because we have a lot more followers over on Buffalo Rumblings than we do on Rumblings Q&A, since it's set up just essentially to take questions and curate questions for this podcast. Uh, We'll go off the Buffalo Rumblings feed. So that's at 9 o'clock on Monday. So tune in for that. It'll be a a good time uh, for us to interact one more time before uh, the end of the summer before the Bills take the field uh, for the first time in September. So uh, set your calendars, and uh, I'll see you then. So let's tackle the first question this week. Fallon Silva sent us an email, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Hi, Matt. Great show. I've enjoyed listening to your Buffalo Rumblings podcast and all the others for over a year now. As we've been discussing coach contract extensions – and most notably, Sean McDermott's. 
and a couple of new position coaches. I was wondering, is there any sort of salary cap for coaches? I've never heard of one, but is there anything preventing a team from having 25 coaches if they want to? Can a team pay a head coach $20 million a year if they really want to keep him? Uh, yeah, there is no salary cap for coaches. Uh, there's no cap on coaching staff staff sizes. Um, so when you see the Bills hiring a nickel coach and a coach that's in charge of analytics or a coach that's in charge of, you know, uh, game management, those guys are, you know, they can hire as many of those guys as they want. They can hire a different guy to coach each different position group. And sometimes you'll see um, on a defense, you'll see a secondary coach, a cornerbacks coach, a safeties coach. So you have three guys coaching the same group of people. Um, and you, you might even get like, you know, the defensive assistant quality control coach who might work with that group position group as well. So no, you don't really have a cap on either number or salary for coaches. And it's one of the things that, you know, good teams have used in the past as you've seen coaching staffs grow from you know four or five guys on a coaching staff way back in the day to you know four or five guys coaching the same like, small group of players now as we just went over so there is no salary cap for that um, and it's one of the reasons that uh, you see more and more coaches getting you know started you see interns you see assistant special teams coaches or you know guys working their way up uh, that way let's look at the bills coaching staff real quick Sean McDermott just signed you know his big extension he's going to be here for a long time hopefully <laughs> uh, so he's going to be here for a while uh, Brian Dables your offensive coordinator uh, going down the offensive list you have uh, Rob Boris who does tight ends you have Ken Dorsey is the quarterback's coach, uh, Chad Hall, wide receiver coach. Uh, Terry Heffernan is the off assistant offensive line coach with uh, Bobby Johnson being the offensive line coach. Uh, Mark Lubick is assistant wide receivers in game management. Uh, Kelly Skipper is running backs. Uh, Shea Tierney is assistant quarterbacks. Ryan Wendell is assistant offensive line. So that's nine guys plus Brian Dable on the offensive side of the ball. So 10 coaches for, what, 26 players, 27 players. So, I mean, that's a pretty good uh, staff-to-student ratio right there. Uh, 10 coaches uh, for 26, 27 guys that will eventually make it on the 53-man roster. Even if you throw in the practice squad guys, it's still a really nice ratio. On defense, you've got Leslie Frazier, of course, You've got uh, Bob Babich as the linebackers coach, uh, Bobby Babich as the safeties coach, John Butler does defensive backs, uh, Jacques Césaire does assistant defensive line, John Agarugu does defensive quality control and assistant linebackers, Jim Salgado is the nickel coach that we alluded to earlier. So, oh, and Eric Washington is defensive line. That's seven coaches on defense in addition to Leslie Frazier. And, of course, uh, Sean McDermott has his background on the defensive side of the ball as well. So, again, that's, I mean, 20-something coaches. And we haven't even talked about special teams yet. We've got uh, Heath Farwell as the special teams coach. And then they have assistant special teams coach Matt uh, Smiley. And so there's two of those guys over there. And then there's... Uh, Eric Ciano, the head strength and conditioning coach with uh, Will Greenberg and uh, Hal Luther and Jason Osvart, 
as the assistants. So, I mean, you've got a staff of 25, 26 people that are working with these guys on a day in, day out basis. So, again, 53 men on the final active roster, 25, 26 coaches. It's, um, you know, they're highly specialized, obviously, but there is no salary cap for that. There is no cap on the number of coaches. You could go one to one. You could have one coach for every player if you really wanted to pay that much. But like then you'd have a lot of guys standing around doing nothing uh, some of the time. So uh, it's a great question, but um, but it's something that the Bills have, have really not worried about. And that's one of the things that when Terry Pagula took over, um, Kim and Terry Pagula, I should say, took over, that um, it, when they built the brand new facility in at One Bills Drive with you know all the bells and whistles and the workout rooms and you know the the yoga and the hot yoga studio and all that stuff, you know that's one of the things that you can do when you have an owner that's willing to put in the money for it. And uh, Ralph Wilson wasn't necessarily willing to do that. So, you know, that's one of the ways that you can set yourself apart as an organization is by building awesome facilities and having a great coaching staff because it's not as heavily regulated as the NFL salary cap. So that's one of the ways that you can get at, you know, free agents. You can make people want to come here and change the culture by investing in coaching, investing in facilities. Uh, so thanks for your question, Phelan, over at uh, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com, our email address. Thanks for sending that in. In a similar vein to the coaching staff, we've got a question that comes in from the real B. Jenks over at Buff Rumblings on our uh, regular Buffalo Rumblings Twitter account. Um, in response to us saying that Brandon Bean should be getting the next extension, he says... I wouldn't do anything yet. I don't think there's a demand around the league for him. And so far, all he has done is inherit a playoff caliber roster, shuffle it somewhat, and get back into the playoffs. If the Bills don't make the playoffs this year, has he really done a good job? Well, I'll take some umbrage with the first part that he said, yeah, they inherited a playoff cal caliber roster, but it wasn't a sustainable playoff caliber roster. Uh, he did shuffle it somewhat. And when you say that, you mean completely turn over the entire roster. I think there's, what, one guy or two guys that were here um, before Sean McDermott got here. Um, I have to, I'd have to go back and check that. But, I mean, he's certainly done more than just, like, you know, window dress the roster here. So, uh, yeah, shuffle it around, I think, is a little bit of an understatement here. Uh, be a jinx. But uh, if the Bills don't make the playoffs this year, has Brandon Bean done a good job? Well, I mean, obviously, we don't know the circumstances uh, around that. Uh, certainly, playoffs are the goal. Um, but I don't think that playoffs are the only thing, especially in the year of COVID, that um, would would be successful for this team in 2020. Um, you know, if, if Josh Allen gets hurt, if, you know, you see, I don't know, a COVID-19 outbreak run through a position group and uh, that positional weakness is exploited. Like, I don't know. Like, we don't know what this season's going to look like. I mean, certainly it would be a disappointment and it would be a ding against him. But, I mean, I think especially with the contract extension for, for Sean McDermott, you know, they've, they've said that the culture change and what they've been able to do both inside and outside the locker room at One Bills Drive, I think, is enough that they want Sean McDermott around for the long term. And, and McDermott said that he wants Bean around. So I, I think that that's what you should go with. I think you should go with the fact that the Bills um, 
have been able to completely turn around their culture. Uh, they're garnering national recognition for that, uh, national re- recognition for how they're managing their salary cap. And I think even like the, the Stefan Diggs move this offseason, uh, not just the trade, but the restructuring of his contract, the restructuring of Star Latulale's contract uh, before he opted out. You're seeing a guy that has a long-term plan in mind. He's got, you know, he sees the window. He's able to map out what he wants to do with that window and how to get there. So I have a lot of respect for Brandon Bean and his ability to manage the salary cap and manage the Buffalo Bills roster. So, I mean, I've been calling for his contract extension since the season ended, really. Um, They've done such a nice job turning this around. Um, Maybe there's not a lot of demand for him around the league, as you say. Um, he certainly wasn't one of the guys mentioned in uh, The Athletic does a piece every offseason where they talk about, uh, they ask other personnel guys about the rest of the personnel guys in the NFL, and they do it anonymously. And he wasn't a guy that was like, you know, at the top of everyone's list lauded by everybody, but he was mentioned several times in there as being someone who's innovative, uh, someone who is, you know, forward thinking. And so I, he might not be like, you know, the number one GM candidate if he was fired in Buffalo or not renewed in Buffalo, but he'd be in uh, very high up in somebody's front office structure somewhere. Um, he, he he's he's in demand in that regard. And actually, the Bills have put together a really solid staff with Dan Morgan, um, Brian Gain. Like they've got a lot of experience to NFL guys uh, in their front office as well. So, I mean, you're going to start seeing more of those guys being hired elsewhere as general managers and taking uh, job interviews elsewhere like they've been doing for the last several years. So I think the Bills personnel department has built something that other teams would want. So I do think that Brandon Bean would be um, would be wanted in other circles. So, I, I mean, just this entire question is a little bit it just seems wrong to me. Uh, so going back to the question, the real B-Janks, uh, I don't think there's demand for Brandon Bean around the league. All he's done is inherit a playoff caliber roster, shuffle it somewhat, and get back into the playoffs. If the Bills don't make the playoffs this year, has he good, done a good job? I disagree with everything you said before the question, and then I would say, yes, he has done enough, um, a good enough job, even if the Bills don't make the playoffs in 2020. When we come back from the break, uh, we're going to go through some uh, – training camp, roster battles, don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back. We've got uh, the first actual practices of Buffalo Bills training camp going on this week. So it was time for me to answer some you know, generalized questions about who I think will win some of these roster battles. So let's just go right down the list. At quarterback, I don't think Jake Fromm is going to be able to unseat Matt Barkley. I didn't think that before the um, racist texts and elitist texts from Jake Fromm came out. And there's I've got no reason to change that opinion now. I think especially in the year of, of COVID-19, the Bills are going to want to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. So it won't matter a ton. Uh, but I don't think that Jake Fromm is going to defeat Matt Barkley in some training camp battle at backup quarterback. At fullback, I I think it's a lot closer than than some people may have thought going into training camp. Uh, Heath Farwell, the Bills special teams coach, heaped praise on Reggie Gilliam coming um, into training camp this past weekend. And when your special teams coach goes out of his way to say it's a real battle between an undrafted free agent and a veteran with as many years of experience as Patrick DeMarco, 
I think it's pretty telling that it's a legitimate competition between those two. So um, I'm going to go with Gilliam. It doesn't save a ton on the salary cap. I know that's some people's consideration here. Um, I, I think they just want to get younger. They've got... Um, They've got a really solid candidate in, in fullback Reggie Gilliam. Now, there is one caveat there, and it's that in the running back room, right next to the fullback room, in the running back room, they don't have that, you know, super solid veteran. They only have TJ Yeldon and, you know, special teamer Taiwan Jones as the veterans in the room. And the Bills love having those veterans in the room. So keeping Patrick DeMarco over Gilliam would make sense in that regard. So um, I think that is a bit of a wild card in this conversation that they want to keep a veteran in that running back room. And it might have to be Patrick DeMarco because I don't really know what TJ Yeldon brings to the table. And that really takes us over to the running back room where um, I think Yeldon is really battling the rest of the roster to show his worth. You know, they're going to keep Zach Moss and they're going to keep uh, Devin Singletary. They're going to have a role for Taiwan Jones on the special teams. So do they need TJ Yeldon to be that fourth running back or third running back, depending on your perspective? Uh, he's really going to be fighting for a roster spot, not with anybody on the running back room, but with, you know, the, the last wide receiver and the last tight end and, um, and, and those kind of guys. So uh, that's going on on the offensive side of the ball. At wide receiver, you know who's going to make the roster at wide receiver? Um, you know who the top three are, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. Um, I think Gabe Davis is safe. But uh, beyond that, I think it's a little bit more of a toss-up. Most folks are saying that Andre Roberts is safe. I'm not going that far yet. Uh, I just think he's overpriced. Uh, for what he brings to the team and how many returns he had last year. So I won't say that he's safe going into training camp. I think, you know, he's he's probably on the right side of the bubble, but uh, I wouldn't say he's safe. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins uh, has the inside track because he's a draft pick. But, I mean, if you're talking about the, the battleground guys, it's Isaiah McKenzie, Duke Williams, Robert Foster, and Isaiah Hodgins. And, and a couple of those guys are going to make the roster and, and maybe only one of them. Uh, but um, here's how I'm going to rank them. I'm, I'm going to put Isaiah McKenzie first. Uh, I'm going to put Isaiah Hodgins second. Then I'm going to put Robert Foster third and Duke Williams fourth in those rankings. And that's just as of right now. Um, that could, of course, change during training camp as we see guys dropping or not blocking or, I don't know, playing their way onto special teams. Um, Isaiah McKenzie brings a lot to the offense, but he can also has the ability to return punts. So that's why I put him first in kind of those battleground wide receivers. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins is a draft pick and he's an absolutely massive human being by all accounts. Uh, he just stood out literally at uh, the first padded practice, according to the me media that was there. Uh, Robert Foster brings a lot in special teams ability. So he's third on my list, but I think He's got a long way to make the roster. Heath Farwell went out of his way to talk about Saran Neal and Taiwan Jones as gunners. And if those guys are going to be your primary gunners on special teams, you don't need Robert Foster to be your gunner on special teams. And then Duke Williams is last on that list. I don't think there's a way that he can play his way onto the roster without some injuries at the position. Uh, Duke Williams it was a nice story last year. Um, I didn't give him a whole lot of hope of making the roster last year and he didn't but then eventually he was put onto the roster from the practice squad i just think bills fans put a lot of hope in him and i i never really saw what other people saw i mean they force fed him the ball during the playoff game and he kept coming up short over and over again he doesn't add value on special teams i just i don't see a place for him on 
the roster. So that's my look at the wide receiver position. Um, I won't get into the tight ends. Uh, let's talk about the right tackle position. It seems to be the only spot that's really open on the offensive line. And as I've been saying for the last, I don't know, three or four weeks, I think Ty Nsecki is going to be a roster uh, casualty, a, a salary cap casualty uh, when they do their 53-man roster cutdown. Uh, they want Cody Ford to take that job. They, uh, they really need him to take that job with the way that they've invested in the guard positions. They've just thrown so much money uh, at the guards that they need the right tackle that they picked and have consistently placed at right tackle to to step up and take over that role. And so even if Ty Nsecki outplayed Cody Ford last year, I'm going to give the inside track to Cody Ford just because of the investment that they made in him last year. Um, you know, they have Daryl Williams that can come in and play right tackle. Uh, I just don't see the need to keep Ty Nsecki at his salary cap figure going into you know, a really uh, a forced low salary cap in 2021. So I'm, I think that Cody Ford's going to win that right tackle job. Uh, switching over to the other side of the field um, on defense, the defensive line rotates so much with with Sean McDermott that you know the the guy that's named the starter might not even play the majority of the defensive end snaps. So I mean, is this a roster battle? Yes and no. Um, I I've already said I don't think Trent Murphy's making the roster. Um, especially because of the salary cap concerns we just outlined with Ty Nsecki. But, I mean, you know, if A.J. Epinesa gets 40% of the snaps instead of 60% of the snaps defensive end, is that, you know, an upset or a roster battle? No, I don't think so. Those guys are going to be rotating so much that even talking about position battles on the defensive line right now, especially with the top eight or nine guys, just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You don't really need uh, to do that. At the cornerback position, I expect uh, Josh Norman to beat out Levi Wallace at the second cornerback position. But but Wallace, man, that guy he just keeps coming back. He's just always there. They bring in guys to try to replace him or push him, and he keeps stepping up. But, I mean, you don't pay Josh Norman $6 million to be your backup at cornerback. So I expect Josh Norman to take over the CB2 spot opposite Tredavious White. We don't really have a battle at the starting linebacker spots, but in the, the depth spots, you've got uh, Terrell Dodson, Voshan Joseph, Delshawn Phillips, and Corey Thompson, all guys that could really make an impact at linebacker. Uh, they really like Terrell Dodson. Uh, he wasn't able to play last year. Um, he, he had his suspension, and then uh, he was onto the practice squad, but I think they're going to try to f uh, find a way uh, to get him onto the roster this year. Corey Thompson brings a lot in special teams. Uh, Voshan Joseph was injured. So, I mean, there's there's so much interesting moving pieces um, at the at the linebacker spot. I'm going to go with the younger guys and um, say Terrell Dodson and Voshan Joseph make the roster where a guy like Corey Thompson, who's been around a little bit longer, uh, doesn't. And um, I, that might be a hit to special teams, but... You know, who, who knows what they're planning on doing with Matt Milano in the you know midterm here after his uh, final year of his deal is up. Are they going to let him walk? If they're going to let him walk, they need to start grooming his replacement. And that could be either Dotson or Joseph at the linebacker spot. So um, I expect them, those young guys, to, to make the roster at the linebacker position. So that's just my quick and dirty run through of the roster battles that I'm watching right now as Bill's training camp gets underway um, and my opinion about who's going to win them. 
most of that was, you know, gut reaction. I haven't sat down and like put pencil to paper and like gone in depth about, you know, the the depth linebackers and why, you know, Voshan Joseph is better than Terrell Dodson or vice versa. I haven't really gone through that. And I, you know, I ha- obviously haven't seen them in training camp just yet. So it's, um, it's a lot of projection. It's a lot of, you know, trying to see where that guy can fit in the 2020 season and beyond. So anyway, uh, I'll see you next week for my live Q&A on Monday night, August 24th at 9 p.m. over on Buffalo Rumblings Twitter account. That's at Buff Rumblings. You can always send in your questions for next week's episode and future episodes by uh, giving us a call at 716-508-0405. You can text that number as well. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Instagram messages, Facebook messages all work as well, and they will get to me, and I'll answer them on air. Uh, Tell a friend about the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Um, Even if you don't like one of the shows, I'm sure you'll like one of the other shows. We've got so many different um, voices on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network that it's just a great way to uh, get your bills fixed with a voice that you agree with. So um, make sure you tell a friend and uh, subscribe, uh, rate and review over on Apple. Um, There's just lots of ways you can help us spread the word about the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Um, Thanks a lot for listening and go Bills.